right, welcome. Everybody's already stood up. Let's uh, go to the Lord in prayer this morning, and we will get right into our service. Lord, we just thank you this, for this day. We thank you for everyone's here. We thank you for your presence. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. hopeless I knew I was lost death and darkness were my only songs I needed someone to come rescue me then mercy heard my plea Lord you found me you healed me, you called me from the grave, you gave me a real love, I thank you Jesus, you washed my sins away, now I'm living like I'm forgiven, you came and set me free, that's what your mercy did for me. gave me beauty for my guilty stains and now I'm living day by day by your grace and so excuse me if I can't contain my praise oh you know I'm there.
right here do something a, a little bit different than we usually do uh, at the end at the end of the service we're going to have a time like we all, always do where we pray uh, we're going to come to the altars and pray and we're going to bring our needs uh, that's a real a real special time for us but at the end of the service we're going to bring our needs this song we're going to sing is thank you thank you Jesus 
And so what uh, we want to do here, I, I have not been able to get this out of my head. I heard them practice this, this song this morning, and I haven't been able to shake this thought. We need to come to the Lord and bring our needs, uh, but we need to come to the Lord and thank him. And so that's what this, this time is. During this song, you've got something to thank the Lord for, okay? I know you got need, and we're going we're gonna to pray about that too at the end but this is about thanking the Lord I know you've got things to thank the Lord for if you want to come to an altar and pray with us just step out and by that you're saying Lord I do uh, I do have things to thank you for while they play and sing if you want to come to an altar and pray then come Thank you, Jesus, it has won. 
into glorious Okay, if you have your Bible, Hebrews chapter 12, 5 through 11. Hebrews 12, 5 through 11. Disciplined training. Title of the message today as we get back into the book of Hebrews. And you have forgotten... And you have forgotten the exhortation which speaks to you as to sons. My son, this comes out of Proverbs. My son, do not despise the chastening of the Lord or the correction, nor be discouraged when you are rebuked by him. For whom the Lord loves, he chastens and scourges, disciplines every son whom he receives. If you endure chastening, God deals with you As with sons, for what son is there whom a father does not chasten? But if you are without chastening, of which all have become partakers, then you are illegitimate and not sons. Furthermore, we have had human fathers who corrected us and paid them respect. Shall we not much more readily be in subjection to the father of spirits and live? For they are our fathers, for they indeed For a few days chastened us as seemed best to them, but he for our profit that we may be partakers of his holiness. Now, no chastening seems to be joyful for the present. Nobody likes it at the the time. But painful, nevertheless, afterward, it yields a peaceable fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it, okay? Discipline, and he uses the, I'm not going to preach at all about uh, disciplining our children, but he does use that as an an example, and it is the same thing that God disciplines us like a good parent disciplines disciplines their children. There is an outline of this on the back side of your announcements. You'd like to use it. First screen is, uh, there's a couple ways that we use the word discipline. They're both true. Uh, One is more this than the other. Discipline uh, primarily means to punish. That's true. There's that. Okay, almost put this on, on two screens, but we'll separate it this way. One is to punish, and the other is to instruct or to and to train. Okay, the way the discipline is used here is the second one. Not that they're not related to each other, but it is primarily to instruct or to, or to train, especially that last sentence. Uh, the fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. So it's God's discipline to us to train us. I will say this uh, uh, in the P 
parent-child relationship, the Bible does not give us instruction how to raise children. You hear that, right? The Bible does not give us instruction on how to raise children. It gives us instruction on how to train them. There's a difference. Almost anyone can raise a child, okay? Feed, clothe, you know, raise a, raise a child. It takes a good parent to train one. The scriptures are very plain. Train up a child in the way that he should go, and when he is old, he will not, de not depart from it. So over and over and over and over, the Bible gives us instructions on to train our children, and God's the same way with us. He's, he is in the process right now of training you. So the discipline is to instruct and to train. Now, that's all good, that's all good, but there's still, there's a painful part of that. The training, it's, it's difficult. It's not, e not easy, okay? So we're going to get into that. Let me open this way and get into the outline. Almost, it, well, everything now, every scripture is going to come out of, the, out of the book of Philippians. I'll get to that in a second. Uh, this is the best devotion book I know of for me personally. It's uh, my my utmost for for my utmost for his high, highest by uh, Oswald Ch Chambers. All right, uh, uh, I've had this devotion book for years. Uh, just an example, I put the mark here. Uh, there are crayon crayon markings in the book, so it was either either Hannah or or Sarah. I'm not sure which one. Were real young, and they took my the only copy I've got, and they marked it with their with their with their crayons, and I thought, well, you know, I wanted to discipline them, but I thought that's kind of kind of a, kind of appropriate. When somebody recommended this devotion book to me, what they said was, uh, when you read it, uh, give it a chance, and I would say that to you too. If if you read it, give it a chance. Is that when you read the book day by day for a year, the whole lot of things you're not going to understand. So uh, next, the next year, or what, what I do is about every two or three years, I read through it, through it again. So I've read through this probably 15 or, 15 or 16 times. I'll probably read through it again next year. When you read through it again, you're going to understand it a little bit more. And Oswald Ch Chambers is going to say things that you're not going to get. But next year, or the next year, when you read it again, as you grow, you're going to understand what he is saying more. I still, I, I, I get almost everything he says in the book. There's still a few things. I just, I, I'm just not there yet, okay? Um, you're not going to agree with everything he says. But that's the point that I want to make, that year by year, as I read it, I understand it a little bit more. That's training. And that's what God's doing with us. And I hope by the end of the service to today, as we go through the, the scriptures, and you can look on your outline, what, what I'm going to do, there are five or six things that the Apostle Paul says, kind of like things that Oswald Ch Chambers said says, that I just don't get at the time. There are five or six things that the Apostle Paul says, and this is what I do. And I think about the things that he says and, and some of the things, and I think, I just don't get that yet. I'm just not there yet. 
and I'll revisit it from time to time, thinking, okay, now I'm kind of understanding a little bit more what Paul meant. I'm getting it a little bit more. And year by year, I'm understanding a little bit more. What's God doing? He's training me. He's teaching me. Uh, there are four or five, maybe six things that, that Paul says. I picked out three. I didn't necessarily intend that they all come from, from the book of Philippians, but they all do. And I picked out three, and I wrestled with these so much this week, especially the middle one, and it's not going to come out at all like I, like I thought it would. But the first one, so I, I, I just picked out three things that Paul said that I'm just not quite there yet, but I'm getting there. As we go through these three things, what I'd like for you to do is I'd like for you to consider what Paul said, what the scriptures say, and kind of get a feel for where are you at it, with it, in it. Do you understand it? Uh, which one of the three, as we go through them, which one of the three speaks to you the most? Which one of the three, where are you at? And then um, you may not really understand it, but the Holy Spirit may speak to you and say, but that's what I need to get. That's what I need to get. Okay, we'll go through these. They're all listed on your outline. We'll have these, the scriptures on the screen. Philippians 4, 11 through 12. Most of these will sound pretty familiar to you, but I want you to think about them maybe a little more deeply than what you have in the past. Not that I speak in regard to need, for I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. Matt, let's just leave it that one up just a little bit. There's, there, are, there are only two here. Not that I speak in regard to need, but I've learned. That's what Paul's saying. He's learned it too. It didn't. He didn't. It wasn't zapped into him. He learned it. Whatsoever state I am, to be content. Have you learned to be content? How are you doing with that? Okay. The next verse. I know how to be abased. I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things, I've learned both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. The next screen is just simply learned contentment. Where are you at with that? Do you understand what Paul meant? Do you understand? What, well, yeah, I mean, with our head, yeah, I get that. I know what, I, I know what he's saying, what I'm asking myself, because this, this is one of the five or six. Uh, and I'll, I'll, I'll ask myself from time, from time to time, I'll give myself a spiritual, ch uh, spiritual checkup with this. Am I there yet? Have I, have I learned that yet? That there's a difference between need and want. And contentment is the learning process, the discipline of controlling your wants. Your wants. God is going to supply your need, but it's learning to be content with what you've got. It's as simple as that. Not as easy as that, is it? It's as simple to understand it as that. It's just simply learning to be content with what I've got. What I've got is enough. It is. And this goes all the way back to Adam and Eve. This is one of the prime, this is one of the base things that, that we have to deal with is, is what God has given you is it's enough. Are you content with it? Well, no, I, I want, of course you do. 
Everybody wants more. Can you learn to be content with where you're at? Can you learn to be content with what you've got? I'm not going to stay here long. This really isn't the one that I want to deal with the, the most. But a lot of us are, wrestle with if only. If only. If only I lived over there. If only I lived over there. If only I lived, oh, you get the point. If only I had that job. If only I had a relationship with that person. If only. If only. And life, if you're not, if you don't learn contentment, life becomes that where it, life is all about if only. If only this was different. If only they were different. If only I had someone different. If only I had that thing or that place or lived there or went to that school or went to that church or if only. Then I would be happy. Is that true? If only. When you get to if only, is happiness waiting for you there? What happens when you finally get if only? Then what pops up in, in two more weeks, then if only pops up again. Oh, okay, I, I mean, I've got it. I've got that place. I've got that thing. I've got that per person. But now, all of a sudden, I want another one. Or I want more of that. Everybody likes a raise the first two weeks. Everybody likes their new job the first two, two weeks, okay? But then, if, if only. Can we learn contentment? God has supplied our needs, and now I'm learning to control my wants. Now, he'll do that through the discipline of probably those times where you don't get what you want. He's disciplining you, okay? The discipline will not come. You will not learn it by getting what you want. You'll learn it by not getting. Well, then you say, well, that's not what I want. Of course it's not what we want. Discipline is uh, the, uh, the, uh, the original text we read made it very plain. Discipline is, is, is tough. It's, it's not pleasant. But that's how we learn by it. We don't learn it through the easy. We learn it through the tough. So the discipline and the contentment is going to come by the things that you don't get. And learning, that's okay. Okay. Uh, Philippians chapter 1, 23 through 24. Heaven and earth. This was one I thought I would spend a lot more time on. I res really wrestled with this one. And I'm, I guess I'm not going to like I thought I would. Paul said, I'm hard-pressed between the two. Read closely. Having a de desire... To depart and be with Christ. I'm ready, Paul would say, I'm ready to go home. Having a desire to depart and be with Christ. Just real plainly, that I would die, leave this earth, go, go, to, go, to, go to heaven, be with Jesus forever. That I would depart to be with Christ, which is far better. Nevertheless, to remain in the flesh, to stay here on earth, is more needful for you. Interesting that we just talked about want and need. But Paul 
says that I want to leave this earth and go to be with Jesus more than I want to stay here. If we're honest, most of us, it's the other way around. I'd rather stay here. Now, I'm ready to go. This is, this is, how, we, this is how we joke about it as Christians. I'm ready to go, but I don't want to go to today. You know, that's, that's what we say. I'm ready to go, but I really don't want to go right now. That's not what Paul said. There aren't, there probably aren't a lot of Christians that are there yet. There probably aren't a lot of Christians who are there yet. But Paul said, my desire is to be with Jesus, but I know that he's got a purpose and a plan. There's a job that he's still got for me, and so the need is that I stay. It's that training, changing, that is happening within us that makes heaven so much more appealing than this, earth, than this life, than this world, than this earth. It's where we stop joking about it and say, honestly say, I'm ready to go and I want to go. I'm ready to go and I want to go now. I'm ready to go and I want to go now. Christians wrestle with that. We wrestle with that a lot and we wrestle with allowing our loved ones to go. I'm ready to go and I want to go now. How do you get there? There's the discipline and the training of God that he'll do in us who want that. And things begin to change. What happens if I can put it in this way? I've tried to think of different ways to put this where, you know, it's, it's understandable. But for a lot of Christians, the world seems so big. There's so much to do. So much I haven't done yet. So much to, to enjoy, and all of that's true. And so for some of us, the world seems so big, and heaven, in comparison, seems so small. I don't think about it much, you know. I, I'm, I am ready to go, but it's not that appealing. But the world is so appealing, that will change. It, when you understand that verse... When you understand what Paul meant, which I don't think a lot of Christians do, but as you begin to understand that and as it begins to change you, as the discipline begins to work in you and the training begins to work in you, what happens is there's a switch, a, re a reversal, where the world was so big to you, so appealing to you, it begins to shrink it begins to shrink. And heaven begins to grow larger. Now I'm using, using the word heaven because that's where we'll be. Paul used, rightly said, I want to be with Jesus. And so I'm going to use, when I, say, when I say heaven, I'm using that in Jesus interchangeably. I want to be in heaven with Jesus. That grows so large as the world begins to shrink. They happen at the same time. One grows big, one grows small. You begin to lose, the, the world begins to lose its appeal to you. 
It's just not as exciting as it used to be. I think, I th I think appeal's the good word. Everything is just not as appealing as it used to be, but heaven is getting more appealing. Just to be with Jesus. And I want you to know that Jesus is the, the central person here. It always, he always will be. Getting to know him, getting to love him, and that desire to be with him. I was going to use a story I'm not going to use, but it happened last week. And somebody said this to me. I'll just say this. I'm not going to explain it. But somebody said to me after a conversation with them, they said, what planet are you from? <laughs> what planet are you from? You begin to feel like that. This will begin to work in you. It's, it's not happening to all of us at the same time. But this will begin to work in you. Where you begin to feel like, I... I wonder that myself. <laughs> what planet am I? Are we all on the same planet? Uh, it's working in me. I'm not there yet. But as I read that verse year by year, I'm, I'm, I'm getting it. The world is shrinking for me. And heaven is getting bigger for me. And the thought, have you ever thought, would you stop and think about that second when you see Jesus face to face? When you see Jesus face to face. Do you ever think about that? I want you to think about that. I want you to think about that again and again. I want you to concentrate on that. I want you to meditate on that. I want that to consume your mind. And what's going to happen is that's going to become bigger. And while that's becoming bigger, I mean, it just, it just almost overtakes you. The world becomes smaller. You just don't have time for all the worldly stuff anymore because you're thinking so much about that. I know... I, I'm going to have to stop, okay? I'm just going to have to stop. I could, I could just stay there, okay? But I can't. I've got to, let's move on. If I, the longer I talk, the more I want to stay there. Let's move on. F Philippians chapter 4, 4 through 7. Philippians 4, 4 through 7. We'll end here. This verse right here, the first one, is when I read this again this morning and I read it again and again and again, this is a verse right here that told me we were supposed to have the prayer time that we did. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say rejoice. It's not an option, is it? It's not a suggestion, is it? It's a command, right? Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. In case you didn't hear me, rejoice. So it's something that we are to do no matter what. You've got to learn that. You've got to, be, you've got to be trained in that. Now, you could have come into the Lord's house this morning and say, man, I'm just not in a good mood. Did Paul say, if you're in a good mood, rejoice. If you feel like it, 
rejoice. If God's just really blessing you today, rejoice. He doesn't say that. And I want you to remember that the book of, of Philippians, Paul wrote from where? Jail. He could have said, well, when I get out of jail, then I'll rejoice. When I get rid of these chains, then I'll rejoice. When God really begins to do great and pleasant things in, in my life, when life really feels good, then I'll rejoice. How often does life really feel good? Every once in a while? Is that how often we're... No, he said rejoice in the Lord what? Always. That's crazy, isn't it? Nobody does that. We've got to learn that. You've got to learn that. How do you learn that? It will be through those days where you don't feel good. It will be in those days when you are in a bad mood. It will be in those days when you're in jail. That's where you learn it. It's not hard to learn it when everything's good and pleasant. It's hard to learn it when everything's not. Well, I really got stuck on that. That's not even the verse I really want you to see. Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. But I could not get away from that verse this morning. If I was going to obey the Lord, I had to deal with that verse. Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord's at hand. Here's what I want you to see. Be anxious for nothing. What's another way of saying that? You've heard it. Don't worry about anything. Are you there yet? I'm working on it. But I've got a long way to go. But I'm working on it. Be anxious for nothing. Don't worry about anything. That sounds crazy, doesn't it? it, it a lot of things... You know, it sounds crazy at first. It's kind of like when you read this, this, this devotion book, some of that stuff's going to sound crazy at first until you read it again and again and again. So don't worry about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. It is learning to be anxious for nothing, to not worry about anything. And then that allows the peace of God that you can't understand. It doesn't make sense. You can't explain it. It's just happening. Beyond all understanding, will keep your heart and mind through Christ Jesus. Be anxious for nothing. Don't worry about anything. Tell the Lord about it. Pray about it. And allow the peace of God that you will not be able to explain to, to overtake you, to overcome you. Are you there? Some of you may need to learn and be trained in contentment. I'm just going to have to learn to be content with what I've got, with what God's blessed me with. Some of you need to learn that we're not here forever and to allow the world to become smaller 
and Jesus to become bigger and allow that process to just begin to take over in your life where you look forward to being with him. I'm ready and I'm ready right now, okay? If I die this afternoon, you just have to go on without me, all right? And you will. There's nothing that I need to stay here for. God's got, a, God's got work for, for, for me, but when he calls me home, I'm gone. You just have to get along without me, and you will. In fact, you'll do better. That's what, bug, that's what bugs me. But anyway, the world becomes smaller. Jesus becomes bigger. This happened last night where I said on this last one, don't worry about anything. Pray and let the peace of God that you can't explain just take over. Last night, I was, you know how worry is, right? You're running it over and over in your head, and it's not getting smaller. It's getting bigger, and you're worrying about it. And for some reason, that worry just begins to grow and grow. And finally, I told the Lord, and it became plain to me. I, I said to the Lord last night, I'm tired of worrying about it. I am tired of worrying about it. Lord, here, here it is. I am tired. This worry is wearing me out. It's just wearing me out. I'm tired of it. I can't do it anymore. I'm tired of worrying about it. God, you, you, you take it. And the peace of God that I cannot explain takes over. But I had to get to that point. In, in Arkansas, we would say it like this. I wallered it all around until I'm tired of wallering it and I'm, 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 I'm done with it. God, you've got to take this. I'm going to ask you to stand. Musicians are going to come. This is our prayer, as I mentioned earlier in the service. This is our prayer of need. God, I, I need this. I need this. You may be here to, today and you may need to learn contentment. You may be here today and, and you really do. You feel the Holy Spirit tugging at your heart that you need to learn to allow the world to become smaller. It's just the, the, the world's too big to you right now. And Jesus is too small. And that needs to change. But God, I, I don't know how. That's where we, we just simp we tell him, Lord, that's, that's where I'm at. The, the world's just too big to me. It's too appealing to me. And I don't want it to be. And I want Jesus to grow in my life as the world shrinks in my life. All you got to do is tell him that. And then some of you here are here today, you're, you're worrying yourself sick. You're worrying yourself tired. It's wearing you out, and it's wearing you down. Be anxious for nothing. Give it to Jesus. Pray about it with thanksgiving. And the peace of God that passes all understanding will take over in your life. If you need to come to an altar and pray, if you need to talk to 
Jesus about any of these things, any of these places in your life, while they play this song and sing, these altars here, you can come and kneel, you can stand, you can have a seat. But if you have a need in any way, we invite you to come and pray. Praise the Lord, His mercy is more, stronger than darkness, new every morn, our sins they are many, His mercy is more. Stood neath the dead, we could never afford. 